Hey everyone, and thank you for listening to my podcast again this week. It's such a pleasure and a joy to have you with me. We're going to get right into the Word of God and study more on what we've been looking at about walking in the light and walking in the Spirit in dark and trying times, in evil days in other words. And how many know, I think everybody would agree with me, that we're living in very trying times, difficult times. And I don't think we've ever seen times quite like this before. But thank God that we have answers. Thank God that he's given us the victory. Thank God that he's given us a way of escape if we'll walk in his ways. And it's important that we look at what God is doing and not what the enemy is doing. It's important that we look at what God is doing and not what the world is doing. If you're constantly looking at the world and constantly looking at what society is doing and what people are saying, then you're, you're going to get your eyes off of God and you're going to get discouraged and you're going to get fearful and then you're going to get confused. But if you walk in what the Lord is saying, if you keep looking at what the Lord is doing, then you'll have joy and you'll have peace and you'll, you'll not be discouraged. You'll not be confused. But if you look at what the Lord is doing, you'll see, oh yeah, this is all making sense. I'm coming through. Yeah, I see what the Lord is doing. And so we need to magnify God and look at what he's doing, not what everybody else is doing. Amen. And so we're going to look at this a little bit more today. If you have your Bibles, you can turn on over to Ephesians chapter 5. Look at the 13th verse. Hallelujah. And we're going to teach more on the word of God about this subject. Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 26, And when the Comforter is come, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance whatsoever I've said to you. So understand that it's the Holy Ghost that's the teacher. It's the Holy Ghost that's the revealer. He will reveal and unveil and unfold the word of God unto our spirits. And so we need to be looking to him and thank God for revelation light. Amen. We need to be expecting that. To have eyes that see. But in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 13 it said, But all things that are made or that are reproved, are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be not be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I just read down to the 17th verse, but jump back up to the 13th verse really fast. It says, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Notice that word reproved there means exposed. That's a footnote in my Bible it says it literally means exposed. So all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. Well, what is the light that Paul was talking about here? Well, Psalms 119 verse 105 gives us an indication and shows us what the light is. It says there in that verse, in that portion of scripture in Psalms, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And in Psalms 119 verse 130 Scripture says, the entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Hallelujah. And so we can see from the word itself that the word is light. The word itself is light. The word is a light. Well, it's a light in the realm of the spirit, ain't it? It's a light in 
the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. And so looking at that, looking at this verse in verse 13 of Ephesians 5, in the context of what we just said, all things that are exposed or reproved are made manifest by the light of the word. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. So we understand the word is a light and light will expose things, won't it? It will shine and reveal things, won't it? You can see when light is present. You can see when the light is turned on. And we understand this in the natural that you don't go do anything in the dark without light. You have to have light. You, you don't jump into your car in the middle of the night, pitch blackout, and start driving down the road without you turning your lights on, do you? We obviously have cars today, newer cars today, where the lights turn on automatically. But you wouldn't just go dry, start driving down the road without the lights on. Why? You might end up in the ditch. You probably will. Or you'll run over something, run into something. Well, you don't just, and then you don't just jump and walk through a dark room without light, without turning on the light, or without having a light in your hand. Why? You might stumble over something. You might hit something. You might hurt yourself. See, we understand that light is so important in the natural. We need to understand that light's even more important in the realm of the spirit. It's even more important in the realm of the spirit. And it's the light of the word of God that we need to be clinging to. It's the light of the word of God that we need to have present in our life. Can you say amen? And so Paul said, all things are reproved, exposed, and they're done so by the light. They're made manifest by the light of the word. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. I always ask this, who is Paul writing to? Well, he's writing to the church at Ephesus, right? But we understand that this is from the Holy Ghost, that these are things being said by the Spirit of God, and so they have eternal meaning to them. They have eternal value to them. These are eternal subjects that we're talking about. And so he's writing to the church at Ephesus, but it's for us today. And he's saying, Awake thou that sleep, arise from the dead. Well, is it possible for the church to be sleeping? Is it possible for the church to have deadness in its life? Yes. Is it possible for the church to be walking in darkness? Yes. Because the scripture admonishes us, Awake if you're sleeping. Arise if you're dead or have deadness in your life. And Christ shall give thee light. The light of Christ is the light of his word. Amen. Glory be to God. And we understand the word is light, but we also understand that we are of the light. We are light in the Lord, the scripture says. And we understand that because we're born of God, that we take on his nature. And part of his nature is light. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. First John chapter 1 talks about that. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And I remember in James chapter 1, Scripture says that every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen. Well, it says that God, he's the Father of lights. There's no variableness. There's no shadow of turning. He doesn't change. He is light. Another scripture, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. 
The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things, say all things, all things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the, notice, light of men. So in him, in his life, is the light of men. It brings light to man, man being human. And so in God is light, amen? And so when we come into Christ, we take on light. And so there's three things there. God is light. We are light in the Lord. And his word is light. And so we have to be walking in the light, don't we? We have to walk according to what he says. We have to be walking according to his truth. Hallelujah. In order to not be overtaken by darkness, in order to not stumble and struggle with dark days, in order to not struggle with obstacles or be tripped up by other circumstances around us. Because, you know, the world's in darkness. Satan is the God, little g, of this world, the scriptures talks about. And he's blinded the minds of them which believe not. So they're in darkness. They're walking in darkness in the world. But thank God that we are light in the Lord. And so we don't have to be overcome by these things that are around us. We can, we can walk in victory. We can walk in the light. We are the overcomers. Amen? We are the overcomers because of what Christ has already done for us. And it's all a matter of us walking in in the truth of what we know, walking in the light of what we know, basically living according to the word and not living according to the world. I want you to look at, keep reading on, verse 15. Ephesians 5.15 says, See that you walk circumspectly. That word is a King James word. literally means cautiously. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Notice he said in verse 17, be not unwise. In verse 15, he said, see that you walk cautiously, not as fools, but as wise. See, the wisdom of God, if you're walking in the wisdom of God, if you're being wise in the Lord, you're going to be wise in his word. You're going to keep holding on to his word. You're going to walk in the light. That's wisdom from above. That's the wisdom of God. And it's the wisdom of God that we should be operating in. Not confused. Not struggling with what to do. But no, wisdom belongs to the church. Wisdom belongs to the child of God. And we're called to be wise. We're called to walk in wisdom in these trying times. Notice he said it's the days are evil. Well, if they were evil back then, they sure are even more evil today because we keep moving closer and closer to the end. The scripture says that Satan will come down and is coming down with great wrath in these last days. Why? He knows his time is short. And so we ought not to be surprised, and this is important, we ought not be surprised by what has taken place. We ought not be surprised that we're facing difficult times. We ought not be surprised that evil men are are out there and doing evil things. No, we ought to be wise about these things and understand what the word has to say about these things. In these last days, the scripture said, perilous times shall come. 
Men shall be lovers of themselves. They'll heap unto themselves or cling to themselves teachers having itching ears. They'll be boastful and vainglorious. They'll be disobedient to parents. We go on and on about this. They're, they're going to be unthankful. They're going to be unholy. Without natural affection. I mean, there's all these things that were listed there in the scripture. in uh, It's Second Timothy. And it talks about all these things that are going to be taken in the last days. And how the the things that will be taking place um, because the days are evil. You know, and in 1 Timothy chapter 3, talks about, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Well, in the latter times means in the last days, some shall depart from the faith. Well, who's he talking to? He's talking about Christians in the church. Those that were once enlightened, those who were once in the kingdom of God in the church, once believers. That they, some, some, not all, but some shall depart from the faith. Why will they depart from the faith? Because they gave heed to something. They gave heed to seducing spirits. They gave heed to doctrines of devils. And that is the device of the enemy. Remember, we're not supposed to be ignorant of his devices, but it's the device of the enemy to seduce people away, to entice people away from the faith. I'm talking about the church now. The world's already in darkness, but the church is in the light. So what the, the enemy is trying to do is bring Christians and believers out of the light back into darkness, to give up their faith, to give up in the fight, to give up when things get hard. And so the seducing spirits, they'll try to seduce and entice people away from the faith. And then he said, and doctrines of devils. So there's going to be doctrines out there today that look right and seem right and sound right, but they're not right. They're not in line with the word. They have a form of godliness. They have a form of truth, but they're not right. It's contrary to the word of God and it's doctrines of devils. And there's a lot of doctrines of devils today that are even in the church. People who get up and they they start preaching and teaching about things they have no they don't know anything about, or teaching things that are contrary to the word of God, and it's all doctrines the scripture says of devils, and it's through those things that some shall depart from the faith because they gave heed to those things. People aren't forced to give up on God. You know, you may notice that then right now there's a lot of ministers and so-called ministers. A lot of people well-known that are giving up on their faith and denying their faith. And they're coming out saying it's not real and it's not so. It's not true. And they're leading people astray. Well, the scripture talks about how these things will be happening in the last days. They'll depart from the faith. And the reason that they will is because they gave heed to the wrong thing. They weren't giving heed to the word. They were giving heed to the wrong thing. They were giving heed to devils. They were giving heed to the enemy. And, you know, there's so much we could talk about and teach about, guys, and we don't have time to do it. But a lot of times people give up on their faith because things didn't go the way they wanted them to. Or they thought that they were doing everything right, but they are facing, but they started to face difficult times. Maybe they thought they were operating in faith, but things didn't work out the way they wanted it to. And all of a sudden they give up and say, oh, it's not real. It's not so. It didn't work. They thought and they blame God for bad things. And say that it's not real and it's not so. See, this is all going to be taking place in the last days. And we, not, we need to not be unwise. We need to recognize 
what is happening. And we need to be strong in faith. And we need to keep walking in the light. You know, people can miss it. People can make mistakes. God never misses it, though. God never makes mistakes. And he's always right. I was listening to a minister one time, and he was talking about how about this whole thing that happened uh, last year, 2020, how the beginning of this whole ridiculous pandemic. And I... Uh, he was just saying, you know, that the Lord is using this pandemic and these hard times, difficult times to prepare the church for something greater. And he's using it to prune us and to purge us and to clean us and get us ready, mold us into what he wants us to be. And I'm watching this minister teach or preach about this and he's just going at it. He was in a big church and right down on the inside, the Lord spoke to me. The Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, that's not what my word says. I don't use difficult, hard times to prune my children. No, it's through my word. John 15 verse 3 says, now are you clean through the word? Yes, you're pruned. Yes, you're purged. Yes, the Lord's going to work on you and cut things off of you. But he said in verse 3, he reveals how he does that. Verse 3, John 15 3, now you are clean or pruned through the word which I have spoken unto you. So how does God correct his children? How does God clean and prune and purge his children? Through the word. Through the word. He doesn't use evil things. He doesn't use things that he redeemed you from. Then again, turn back around to use those things to to correct you. Like sickness and disease or poverty. He's not the author of any evil thing. No, we just looked at it earlier in James. He's the father of light. He's the father of lights. Every good gift, every perfect gift cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If you look back even farther in that verse, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But man is drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. See, God is not the author of temptation. God is not the author of of evil things. God doesn't use evil things to prove. No, he uses his word to correct. And God and you know we're not getting pruned by difficult trying times. James chapter 1 verse 1 says, "My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience." Didn't say that the trying of your faith prunes you. Didn't say that the trying of your faith corrects you or or, or cleans you or and it purges you. You know, it says the trying of your faith produces patience. Are you seeing this? Are you getting this? Are you listening? See, the faith of God will grow and get stronger as you come through trials, tests, and storms. But God is not the author of those tests and storms. No, he's the author of every good thing. He's the father of lights. And so it's important that we recognize why we're facing difficult times. It's not because of God. It's because of where we are. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in the world... You'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So it's because of proximity of where we're at that we're going to face tribulation. And scripture says in Mark chapter 4 that one thing that will rise up for the word's sake is affliction and persecution. Those things will come against the body of Christ and against the believer for the word's sake. It rises up against the word. Affliction and persecution. Opposition. 
It's going to come because of the word or for the word's sake. And so it's not right to blame God for those things. No, it understand that it's because of where we're at in the world, the proximity, and it's also because of what we carry. It's not because of who we are individually in and of ourselves, but it's because of what we carry that we're going to face opposition. And, you know, people don't like opposition. And that's why a lot of times they give up in the fight. They don't want to continue. They don't want to stand. They don't want to face these things. No, they want to just have it easy. And they think that a lot of times there's a misunderstood idea, misconstrued idea and teaching out there. And this, like we talked about earlier, doctrines of devils, that if you're walking and living by faith, you're never going to have challenges. You're never going to have difficulty. But no, faith isn't meant to keep us from ever having difficulty. No, you can't use your faith and believe God that you'll never have problems or face things. No, but faith is supposed to bring you out. It's called to bring you, it's used to bring you out. It's used or it will cause you to stand in hard times. We're called, like Paul said in Colossians, to continue grounded and settled on the word of God, not being moved away from the hope of the gospel. See, we get excited about what faith can do for us and what it can bring us, but we ought to be just as excited that faith will keep us steady in the hard place. Amen. And, you know, believers, much of the church, never grow their faith to a point where they can stand steady in the hard place, where they can stand strong. But we need to grow our faith and mature our faith and develop in patience and continue and not give up. Not give up in the fight. Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. And henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord God will give to me. But not only me, or not me only, but to them that love him at his appearing. Hallelujah. That's in Second Timothy, the end of the last chapter. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And so this is a fight of faith. If you're in any other fight other than the fight of faith, you're in the wrong fight. If you're fighting any other kind of fight other than the fight of faith, you're in the wrong kind of fight. No, we're called to fight the fight of faith. Well, the fight of faith always brings victory. The fight of faith always has victory. The fight of faith always knows what the outcome is going to be. We've already won. We've already been given the victory. We're just standing and not to be moved. Can you say amen? Glory be to God. Now I want to give you one more thing. The scripture says to walk in the light. And then in verse 18 of Ephesians 5, it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So we're talking about walking in the light and walking in the Spirit in dark and evil days. See, the white, the light of the Word, we're supposed to walk in the light of the Word, and then we're supposed to walk in the Spirit or be filled with the Spirit. And... When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, what are you filled with? You're filled with power. You're filled with the anointing. You're filled with grace. You're filled with everything he is. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name. And so that word there, be filled, if you look it up, it literally means, but be being filled. But be being filled. In other words, maintain a constant experience of being filled with the Holy Ghost. I always say, just stay full. Keep filling yourself up. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Because you know from day to day, if you go, as you go about your day, daily life, you're going to be using your life, your anointing and everything, and you're going to be tempted to get dry. You're going to be tempted to use and to get empty. To get dry and empty. 
And that's why we have to continually fill ourselves up. Because, you know, honestly, as we're facing things, as we're dealing with things, it's going, they're going to try to drain us spiritually. And that's why we got to keep praying in the Holy Ghost. How do we fill ourselves up? Well, Jude verse 20 talks about it. Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues. That's how we build our spirit. That's how we stir up our spirit. That's how we fill ourselves up. A lot of Christians who were filled with the Holy Ghost at one time, they got filled and that was the last time they ever got filled. They had that one experience. But no, we're called to maintain a constant experience of heaven, of being filled with the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to maintain that Holy Ghost experience. We're supposed to have those anointed times in the presence of the Lord, where we're filled with power and anointing, and then we go out. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Not let ourselves drain out and dry up, but be filled with the Spirit of God. And now Paul said, don't be drunk with wine, wherein his excess be filled with the Spirit. So look, what is he saying? He's comparing and making the point or using the comparison between being drunk on wine and alcohol and being filled with the Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, that's the real. The alcohol and being drunk on wine or with wine is the counterfeit. But there's a comparison there because the similarities, there's a similarity between being drunk in the world and on wine and being filled with the Spirit. We can, in other words, be filled or drunk in the Spirit. And there's times when you're going to need to get drunk. I'm just going to tell you right now. You're going to need to get so full that your perspective changes. And you need to have times of refreshing and joy in the presence of the Lord. And if you've ever been drunk with alcohol or been filled with alcohol in your system, you know that your perspective changes. You know that, you know, things look differently to you. I was at a wedding one time where there wasn't supposed to be alcohol, but somebody snuck it in. And during the reception, people started drinking in the back room somewhere and they started coming out and they started dancing and I'm watching all this I'm sitting there and I'm just looking at it and all of a sudden it just dawned on me these people they're drunk and they didn't care that they were how stupid they looked or how silly they looked they didn't care they were dancing around having a great time rejoicing and having fun and they didn't care what they looked like I started laughing it's funny because you know what there's there's a there's a truth here People get drunk on the world and get drunk with alcohol because they're looking to take themselves out of the difficulty that they're facing. They want to they wanna forget all their troubles. They want to they wanna loosen their nerves. They want to calm themselves down. Or they want to they wanna just forget all their troubles. So they fill themselves up with alcohol and be intoxicated and come under the influence of that stuff. But that's the, that's the counterfeit. That's the alternative. The real, genuine thing that God has provided for us. The real genuine substance that God has provided for us is the Holy Ghost. We're to fill ourselves up to overflowing with his presence. We're to get so full and come under the influence of the spirit of God that it doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter how bad it seems. It doesn't matter what we face. We can fill ourselves up to overflowing and have joy. And it doesn't matter what we look like. We can have peace. We can be comforted. We ought to be looking to the Spirit of God to bring us these things and not be looking to the world, not looking to alcohol. There are so many people in the church today that think it's okay to drink. They think it's okay to have alcohol. There's ministers that condone it from the pulpit. And I tell you, by the Spirit of God, the Lord wants His church to be filled with His presence and not be filled with the world and not be filled with alcohol. And 
They, the church makes all kinds of excuses for why it's okay to drink. But if you're truly sensitive to the Holy Ghost, he will lead you away from those counterfeit things. He will lead you away from those, those worldly things and lead you into his presence where there's fullness and refreshing. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And so we need to be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. We need to be filled with the Spirit and maintain that constant experience. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you won't have a need for anything else. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're not going to need anything else. You're not going to look to the worldly substances. You're not going to have need of those things. See, if you're yielding to the Spirit of God, you won't be yielding to the Spirit of the world or the Spirit of the devil. Hallelujah. And so it's important that we practice what the Word says. Be not drunk with wine, where it is excess. Be filled with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I don't know. I just got excited just now. <laughs> because it's so real and it's so true. And these are good reminders for all of us. No matter how many times I've taught this subject, no matter how many times I've looked at this subject, it always there's always fresh revelation that comes forth out of it. Why? Because these are eternal things. Hallelujah. And so we need to remember that there is an answer on how to live in these difficult, hard, trying times. If we walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If we walk in the Word, in the light of the Word, we'll not be deceived and we'll not be depressed. If we walk in the light of the Word and the light of the truth and walk in the Spirit, then we will experience victory and blessing in our life every single time. Can you say amen? I trust this has blessed you. And remember, you can follow the ministry, Stephen Overbaugh Ministries, on Facebook and YouTube. You can follow our website, stephenoverbaugh.com. Get the latest um, notifications and meet um, upcoming events and meetings that are going to take place. You can partner with our ministry right there on the website. You can fill out a form. And we thank God for our partners. Thank God for everything he's doing in the ministry. There's greater things in store for your life. There's new things, new places, greater graces, and greater blessings in the plan of God. And if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Amen. Glory be to God. So be blessed. We'll see you next week.